Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. We're here in uh, Matthew chapter 25, and uh, our Lord here has been uh, really answering the question uh, from the disciples of when his coming is going to be. And if you can remember, he's been teaching all through this, uh, as uh, we've been studying through here, Matthew chapter 24, and now on here into uh, chapter 25. Really, he's already said when he's coming, right? He said five times already. He says, you don't know. 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 You really don't know exactly when the Lord is going to come. Uh, None of us do. And in fact, even Jesus himself says he doesn't even know. Only the Father in heaven knows. But he did give us signs of the period that will uh, be right before his coming. He describes the birth pains that would result in the kingdom as uh, outlined in uh, Matthew chapter 24, which we've already covered. He discussed the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. He talked about the danger, the deception that will be evident in the tribulational times. Um, He's given them all kinds of details as to the events that are surrounding the second coming of Jesus Christ. But as to the exact moment, to the exact day, he really has not told them. And we really don't know. Now, of course, the overarching message of the theme here that our Lord is really trying to impress upon our hearts is that you need to be ready. You need to be prepared. And uh, because we really don't know when Jesus is coming back. And so our Lord calls for us to be prepared constantly. Now here in chapter 25, um, he reinforces this being prepared for his coming by giving us uh, a few parables. And as we looked at uh, last week, we looked at that parable of of the virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish in verses one through 13. And this week, we're going to look here in uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, about those of the talents. And uh, basically, both both of these parables have the same message. They have the same intent behind them. And what is he trying to get across to us? Well, basically, that we need to be prepared. And so as we look at this other uh, parable here, it's, it's really important. It's important about the talents. And uh, this is what I would really like for you to take away with you this morning. Make the most of the opportunities the Lord gives you. Make the most of the opportunities the Lord gives you. Now, uh, hopefully, I don't know, it looks like some of you came in here a little before I was able to get you, but how many of you did not get one of these chocolate coins? Huh? Just pick, raise your hand, okay. All right, let's see. Adrian, you want to pass these out? Just give those who did not get one, raise your hand, because everybody's asked to have one, okay? Now, you can't eat it, okay? That's, that's the deal, all right? So just keep your hand up. Adrian will get you one, okay? But we all need to have one. All right, because as we go through this, uh, hopefully uh, we'll really make this evident of what the Lord uh, is trying to get across to us. So make the most of the opportunities the Lord gives you. Now let's read this parable in its entirety, and then we're going to break it down. 
and uh, really try to get to the message of what our Lord is trying to teach us here. So Matthew chapter 25, and uh, beginning in verse number 14, the Lord says this, for it will be like a man going on a journey who has called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now as we look at this parable, this is a very, very important message that our Lord is trying to get across to us. We don't know when the Lord is coming back, but we have to be prepared for his coming. So let's take a look at this parable. Let's start to break it down. Number one I want you to get across here is understand how the kingdom works. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 15. In the previous parable we saw, as we looked at, he talked about this, this, uh, these 10 virgins And the point was that there were virgins who were prepared, who had oil, and then there were virgins who were foolish that were not prepared and they did not have any oil. And we came to a conclusion and understanding that that oil was the grace of salvation. It was the grace of God upon their life. And those virgins were waiting for the Lord's return. Five of them were wise, 
five of them were foolish. Now, the parable of the talents here is not an emphasis on waiting, waiting, waiting when the Lord's going to return. The emphasis here is on serving and using our spiritual opportunities that the Lord gives us. And while we are waiting and while we are looking, while we are watching and waiting for the Lord's return, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be serving. We're supposed to be making the most use of our spiritual opportunities that our Lord gives us. And together, both of these parables, the parable of the, the ten virgins and the parable of the talents here, provides a balance for Christian living. Because if you know the Lord and have, and have his saving grace, then what should we be doing as we're waiting for his return? We are to be serving. And so that's the balance in Christianity that we should have. We're not just sitting around and waiting. We're looking and we're serving. True saving faith is faith that works. Isn't that what James says in chapter two? Right, he says faith without works is what? Dead. So we don't have good works to gain faith, no. We have good works because we have faith. That's Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we are his workmanship, right? Walking in good works, doing good works. So that's the balance there. So this parable makes the point of being prepared, not only in the sense of looking for his coming, but being prepared in the sense of serving when he comes, and so when the Lord comes, he should find us making the most of our spiritual opportunities that he has given us. Now, let's look at this parable here. Look at verse number 14. Look what he says, for it, for it. What is he talking about? Well, we need to understand that he is still talking about the kingdom. He made reference to that in the uh, parable of the virgins. He says the, the, the kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins, right? So for it, the kingdom of heaven will be like... And it's important to understand what the kingdom is. It's important because it'll help us understand this parable a little bit more. So let's explain this by asking a question. What is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? The kingdom is the sphere where God rules by grace and salvation. The kingdom is the sphere of God's dominion in Christ. It's his ruling reign, his sovereign reign over everything that he owns. That's the kingdom. He owns it all. And the kingdom throughout the gospels can have two different types of meanings. Here they are. Number one, sometimes the term the kingdom of heaven is used for the exclusive, invisible, genuine body of redeemed people that know the Lord. For example, in Matthew 18, 3, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So sometimes it's exclusively talking about those people who know Christ. They know the Lord. But then there are several other places throughout Scripture that mention this. But sometimes, secondly, the kingdom of heaven is used to refer to the visible kingdom the outward kingdom, the kingdom which is made up of people who identify themselves with Christ. For example, this is visible here this morning, right? Now, I could probably ask by a show of hands and say, how many of you know Christ? Now, 
I would hope, hopefully all of you would raise your hand, right? And so we're all saying, I identify with the kingdom of God. I identify with the Lord. But we know that in the case of the parable of the 10 virgins, that that's not always the case, right? Five were wise and five were foolish. And it's even in this case here and other parables that the Lord talks about that even in the sense in the kingdom, the sovereign rule over everything, there are wheat among the tares. There are, found, there are buildings with no foundations. There are those that have bad soil. So our Lord is really trying to make us understand how important it is to understand what he is talking about when he's referencing about the kingdom. Some are real and some are false. In Matthew 13, our Lord gives us several examples of this. He lays it all out for us that in the kingdom, there are these types of people in the visible kingdom that we look at in this world today. So the kingdom is made up of some good and some bad. There are times in the gospel record that refers to the kingdom as an outward, external, organizational, visible sense. And that's what it's talking about here in the parable of the talents. Now, last week, as we looked at the case of the virgins, the kingdom was like 10 virgins. We found out five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. Five of them had salvation, five of them didn't. And the kingdom there was picturing the true and the false in the external visible kingdom. Sad to say, but I would venture to guess that even sitting amongst us here this morning, there are people here that profess to know Christ, but yet they do not know him. So we have that in this mix. There are churches all over the world that have that in the mix. They are the wheat among the tares. So when we refer to here, we understand what the Lord is talking about. He's talking about the kingdom. It's visible. He's ruling and reigning. And there is a mix of people in there. So it's, under, it's important to understand what the Lord is talking about there. As our Lord has been teaching here about this second coming, that when we put this in the context of what he's saying here, we can see that even in tribulational times, there will be those who are real believers and there will be those who are false believers. There will be houses without foundations. There'll be tares growing among the wheat. They will be present. And there'll be people on a broad path who went through a broad gate thinking that they're on their way to heaven, but yet they're not. And really in the culmination of all this, this is where the culmination comes and they say, Lord, Lord, did we not do etc., 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 etc.? And what is he gonna to say to them? Depart from me, you cursed work of iniquity. I never knew you. These are false believers that our Lord is trying to get us to understand about. So we must understand that in the kingdom, there always is this combination. Now, unless the Lord's specifically talking and says, these are redeemed people, then we must get to the conclusion that these is a mixed group of people in the kingdom. So look what he says here about the kingdom. He says, so this kingdom is like a man who travels into a far country and he goes on a long trip and he goes away and he calls his own servants and delivers them his goods. That really sets this up for us to get us an understanding of what our Lord is trying to teach us about his second coming. 
So here we look at the kingdom and the kingdom is filled with different kinds of servants, those who know the Lord and those who don't. And as we move through this parable, one of the things that you're really gonna see and notice is how the different servants' hearts were manifested that proved that these particular ones knew the Lord and this particular one did not know the Lord. And he delivers them to his goods and he's gonna be gone a really long time and he has to keep up with the economy. So what is he gonna do? He's gonna entrust some goods to his servants because he's gonna be gone. He wants them to make wise investments and he has to produce his crops. He has to make sure that everything is cared for. Now notice this word here. Look what he says. For it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants. That's a really important word. The word there is the word slave. It's where we get the word slave. Now, we're not talking about the word a slave in the sense of someone who has a lowest rank or one who walks around in a loincloth and has the IQ of like 75, okay? We're talking about here, he is mentioning here, one, we can translate it today as being like an employee. This is a person who is employed by his master. And here are people who are artists, they're craftsmen, they're, they're gifted, they're good with their hands. And the Lord says, hey, I can entrust you with what I have and I'm going to give it to you because I know you're gonna make a good return on what I give you. They were excellent traders, they had a mind for business. And when a man went away, he would hand these people who were trustworthy, capable servants, a certain amount of his goods so they could bring him back a return on his property. It really wasn't an uncommon thing during that day for that to happen. They were stewards to handle his resources and try to make a profit for their master and which profit they would return to him when he returned. And that's what happens. So we need to understand how this kingdom works. It's filled with people who are both saved and lost. It's the overarching God's kingdom. He's ruling over all of it. And there are servants. There are those who say that they know Christ, but they really do not. So let's look here at the second thing. What spiritual opportunities have you been given? Now notice verse 15. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. Now he knows the talent of his servants. He knows their abilities. He knows what they're good at. He knows their skills. So he gives them according to their abilities that they have. And so to the first servant, he gives five talents. To the second, he gives two. And to the one, the third one, he gives one. Now these are only illustrative that our Lord is talking about here. The numbers could be different. It could be 10, it could be 20, it could be 15. He's just trying to make a point here that there is a high, there is a low, and then there's something in between there. He's saying, I'm giving these out according to their abilities that they have. Now, what was a talent? We use it in the English sense as, uh, as I just used it really to speak of somebody's abilities, right? We say, boy, that person has a talent. He can uh, make his belly button talk, you know, right? Like he's got this unique talent, you know? Uh, I don't recommend going pro with that, okay? Um, but he has a talent, right? 
And so we talk about it as being an ability, but actually it meant a weight. Now, the value of each talent would depend on what kind of metal it was made out of, such as gold, silver, or even copper. And we're not exactly sure as to what kind of material these talents were that were given out, but the point is that these talents were very costly. So the man's going away. Now follow what he does. He gives them what those talents cost, two in the amount of coins that are given to him. He probably put them really in the little like money bag, okay? And he says, here you go. Here's the weight that I have for you. And that weight is a talent. So that talent, there may be five, there may be two, there may be one. But he has them and he gives them to him and says, here you go, I'm entrusting you with what I've given you. And I'm going to expect a return on what I give you. And so the idea was, take this, invest it, and get a return for me. Now notice this in verse 15. Here's the key to the whole thing. According to his ability. Each man's ability was that which was determined by what he received. Some people had greater capacity to handle a large amount than other people did. Now this is key for us because I believe sometimes in the Christian faith, even as we are just going about living life, sometimes we look at other people's opportunities and the things that the Lord entrusts them and we say, well, how come I didn't get something like that? The Lord did give you something and it's your responsibility to take what he has given you and invest it because he's trusting you with what you have been given. And so we have to be understanding that our Lord knows exactly what he gives every single person and he gives it to according to their ability. This is, this is the sovereign rule of our Lord. He does this sovereignly and he gives it to us according to our abilities. Now it's obvious here as you look at the parable that the master here is the Lord himself and going on a journey the Lord is going to be gone, and that's exactly what he did, right? He left, and he's coming back. He's coming back from his journey. And he says, you are now in management, and we have been given various, as it were, bags of coins, and that is what we are to use for the serving that God would have us accomplish while he's away until Christ comes back. So not all of us have received the same amount, We've been given various amounts, but what's important is that we are using what the Lord has given us. And really, what is this? This is really a picture of spiritual responsibility and spiritual opportunity. And in this story, the servant who really loves his master is going to say, boy, wow, look at this. Look what the Lord has given me. I tell you what, I'm going to make good on what he's given me. I'm going to invest. I'm going to show my Lord that he can trust me with what he's given me. And he's going to take it and he's going to invest it wisely. Here's my opportunity to really invest my time and my energy and my thought and my work to bring him back a return on what he's given me. Here's my opportunity to show him that he was right in trusting me. 
I want to live up to what he thinks of me. Talents in our bag, the talent that we carry, the, the bag of coins that we carry would really include all kinds of things. Teaching, how much teaching have we received in our lives? How much opportunity have we had to hear mixed with our God-given and God-created intellectual capacities, emotional capacities, our gifts and our skills? How much opportunity have we had for fellowship and how much opportunity for spiritual advantage and insight and how much opportunity for blessing and how much have we received all of that the kingdom has offered us? That's our bag. That's everything that we have. And it's mixed with our God-given capabilities. And, we, and when we think about this, the kingdom, all of us who identify with the Lord, whether we really know him or not, we don't, we've been endowed here with these spiritual opportunities that our Lord has given us and he's trusting us with them. So we have a bag, we have a bag of opportunity. What have you been given? What has the Lord entrusted you with? To my shame, to my utter shame, I know the Lord has given me several things that I've wasted. I can never get them back. I think all of us can identify with that. And, but it's important for us to recognize that what we've been given, our Lord is expecting a return on. Every time you sit under the teaching of the word of God, every time you read the word of God, every time you learn a great truth out of the word of God, somebody just dropped something else in your bag and you're entrusted with that. You're responsible for the living out of it, the working out of that opportunity, the privilege of that. So the question must be asked, what are we going to do with the opportunities, the responsibilities that our Lord has given us. Let's look at the third thing here. When Christ returns, what will you have? When Christ returns, what will you have? Now, what did these guys do with their opportunities? Okay, I need a couple volunteers here. Let's see here. Uh, Keith, can I borrow you? Okay, so Keith, uh, let's see. Um, Farrell, let me borrow you. Okay, and I need one more guy, one talent guy. Who's gonna be the one talent guy? Any volunteers? Jesse, okay, come on up. You're pointing at Tom, all right. So notice what happens here, okay? In verse 16, look at this. Here's the guy, and he receives five talents, okay? So the Lord gives him five talents. Then there's another guy who only receives two talents, okay? And then there's one guy who receives one talent. Now, there's nothing wrong 
with receiving one talent. Nothing at all, okay? The point is not the guy who only has one talent is the guy that's gonna be, be faithless, okay? The point is not the guy that only has one talent is gonna be the guy that's gonna be cast out into the outer darkness, okay? The point is that all of us have been given an opportunity, all of us, and it's what you use that opportunity for. It's what you use it for and how you invest it. That's the point, okay? So what happens? The guy with the five talents, what does he do? Notice what it says here. He who had received the five talents went at once, immediately, and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So what does he do? He comes back and he gains five more, okay? What about the other guy, okay? Then we see here, what does he do? Verse 17, so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. He went out. Maybe he went out and found some land and purchased it and invested it and he used it, okay? But whatever these guys did with their opportunities, they invested them wisely and they used it. They were serving because they knew the master was going to be coming back. And they knew when he came back that he was going to be settling the accounts. And they wanted to prove to the master, say, look, you have given this to me. I'm going to prove that you have made the right choice and I'm going to invest it and I'm going to serve. But what about our one talent guy? What does he do? doesn't do anything with it. In fact, he goes and he hides it in the dirt. Hey, look what it says here in the text. It says, but he who had received, verse 18, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Really hiding money in the dirt was a, was a good way to secure to secure your money. It was almost like a bank vault, okay? I'm sure maybe he wrote it on a piece of paper, okay, 10 steps from the tree, three steps, turn around, face north, right? He knew where to find that money because when the master returns, look what happens. Look what it says, verse 19, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20, and he who had received the five talents came forward bringing how many more? Five more. He says, Master, look what I got. Look how faithful I've been. Look what I've been doing with what you've given me, the spiritual opportunities and responsibilities. I've been faithful. I've been proving that I am a true servant because I've been investing what you've given me. The guy with the two talents, same thing. Master comes. He's settling the accounts. Lord, look what I've done with it. This is all you gave me, but I invested it. I did what you wanted me to do with it. I've proved that I am a true servant by serving you and doing what you've called me to do. So you have these guys here and they're doing this. But the guy with the one, and even if you only have one, you're responsible for it. Now, wouldn't it have been interesting that if the Lord... Came Now, we could certainly see if the guy with the five talents went and hit it in the dirt. We'd say, yeah, absolutely, cast that guy out, right? Look how much he's wasted. 
But our Lord's really trying to drive home a point here and trying to teach us something that even just with one responsibility, one opportunity, it's very valuable and he doesn't want you to waste it. Now, in a sense, all of us have been given responsibility to hear the gospel, have we not? And I'm sure that time after time, there have been times that we have sat in meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting and we've heard and the bag of opportunities, the bag of responsibilities have been stacking up, stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. But what are we gonna do with those? What are we gonna do with the opportunities that our Lord gives them? This man over here went and invested he gained five more. This man over here went and invested. He gained two more. But this man here wasted his opportunity. He wasted it. There was nothing there. And so it's important to understand that we are responsible for what the Lord does. Now look here in verses 20 and 23. 20 through 23, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22, and he who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And so here we have something that is, is, is a is an amazing glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. When the Lord returns and he settles the accounts and those that know Christ will enter into the joy of the Lord, we have this glimpse here what's going to take place, what's going to happen. This gain on the talents that we were given will result in rewards. To put it in a simple way, in a principle to understand, remember this, rewards for the believer are basically greater opportunities for service in the kingdom of heaven. What are we going to be doing when we get to heaven, folks? Sitting on a cloud in a nightgown, strumming a harp. No. We are going to be serving God for all of eternity. Now think about this. He was given five talents because the Lord knew this guy, he's, he's got a good business mind. He can, he can invest. He can do what is good with them. And he gains five more. So in the kingdom, the service that he did here, whatever small service it may have been, in the kingdom, he's going to have more opportunity for serving Christ and a greater responsibility for serving Christ. Because why? Because he proved to be faithful in the little things here and now in this little slice of time that we have. And for all of eternity, he's going to be made ruler over much. Wow, that's marvelous. That's amazing what our Lord is going to do. Same with the guy with the two talents. He invested. And when the Lord returns, enter into the joy of the Lord. You've been faithful over little, you'll be faithful over much. You're going to be a ruler over much. 
And so here, this level of service you will render there will be determined by the kind of service that you render here. And so if you're faithful here over the little service opportunities the Lord gives you, then he'll make you Lord over many things there. That's marvelous. So what about this third guy? What about him? What happened to him? Next week. <laughs> Fortunately, our time is coming on, but we'll pick this up next week, okay? Let's pray together. Guys, thank you for your help. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.